The musabara is how you... One thing about CS that I want to mention, which is important in relation to the male-female relationship, if you cannot politic yourself, you in no way can do it to others. It just doesn't work. So that is important to learn. And there are many verses in the Quran about that. Do you command others to righteousness and you forget about your own souls? It doesn't work. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, Don't follow the khutawat of shaitan. If you follow the path of shaitan, by nature, you will command to what's wrong. In other words, if you've sur- surrendered to your lower self, then you're going to be telling other people to do that as well. When I went to Las Vegas to talk to the Muslim community, when you came into the airport, it said, give in to temptations. There was a big sign. On the, that literally, wallah, that's what it said. Now, if you translate that into Arabic, aslim lil mughriyat, or aslim lil shahawat, it's saying submit to temptation. Now, who says that? And there's only one <laughs> creature out there. That, that's his message. And it's interesting because, you know, shaitan is the great imitator. He loves to imitate. You know, Allah says in the Quran that his throne is on water, so shaitan put his throne on the ocean. And when, when we were there, the thing about Las Vegas, it looks just like the Hijaz. It really does. It looks exact. You think you're in Saudi Arabia. And it's his Mecca. It's like that's where you go. That's the Hajj that people make. They go there. And I'm sure he's like, like this year they had two million Hajjis in Mecca. He's like, this year they had, you know, three million people visited Las Vegas. And what do they do there? It's amazing. I mean, they're in a state of ibadah. That's deep ibadah. And you can see them there. You know, the Quran says, what are these images that you're so assiduously devoted to? Right? The tamathil and tum'akifun alayha. I mean, what are these things? I mean, these are idols. You know, they can't stop. And that's the thing about it. It's they cannot stop. Right? They're in there and... You know, and, and selling their wedding rings and doing all these things. So that is, that's the other dean. I mean, that's what, and it's empty. That's the thing. You look at the faces, they don't look. I mean, on Hajj, it's amazing to see those faces of people on Hajj. Because they're in Ibadah. And you see people, you know, you get people, 60,000 people here together in a rock concert or something like that. And they have to have massive amounts of police. They always have fights that break out. People often get killed. Terrible things happen. Right? You, at Hajj, it's a miracle. I mean, they're all there right now. Right? They're all there. You know, it's a miracle. They all come together. And people, if somebody gets angry, everybody's like, why do they remember that then? You know, because that happens here and people forget that. But on Hajj, they remember it. And that, that's a gift of being in a state of dhikr. So the idea of rectifying yourself, you cannot be a ra'i, a shepherd, if you're a wolf. I mean, you have to rectify yourself. And Allah says, Take care of your own souls 
Because those who have gone astray aren't going to harm you if you're guided. So if you're all worried about the rest of the world and you're not right with yourself, you're in trouble. Whereas if you're right with yourself, then you can genuinely worry about the rest of the world and even the rest of the world is not in reality going to harm you, especially the women. And something that a Muslim scholar from England, I visited him and, and his wife said an amazing thing. We, we were talking about just the state of the world and she said, I think Allah has been so generous to women because it's not our business. It's the men's business. And they're the ones that are going to be taken to account for all that, not us. Because look at that mess out there. She said, all we have to worry about is this little house that we're in. If we take care of that, we're, we're fine. Whereas that thing out there, that's the men's responsibility. And she said, and the truth is, if these women had any brains at all, they wouldn't want to go out there. It's a completely insane idea to want to go out there. But men are told to go out there, even though they, most men, don't want to do it either. <laughs> right? And the ones that do are mucking it up because they're out there for the wrong reasons. Right? So taking care of your own souls is really important. And Sayyidina Omar, he said, تَفَقَّهُ قَبْلَ أَن تُسَوَّدُ You know, learn before you get into positions of uh, responsibility. Because you won't know what to do. If you don't have competent people, you have to know what your competencies are, your core competencies, like they say in corporate America. You know, know what you can do. And then do it. And if you can't do it, and you need to do something that involves something like that, you have to go out and learn it. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wasabiru, which is musabara. This is the relationship between other people. And this relationship has different aspects because if you look ultimately your your relationship with others will entail certain things. One of them and this is all about tahammul al-mashaq, because that's what musabara is, is the ability to bear difficulty, which is part of what life is about. So the first is the difficulty of your own family, is the ability to have musabara with your wife, with your husband, with your children, because that's your most immediate relationship with the other. And if that relationship is not sound, don't think your relationships out there are going to be sound. Because if you're being nice to people outside and you're being cruel to your family, I mean, that, that's like a petty third world tyrant. When they go uh, outside of their country, they're nice because they don't have any power. Right? But when they're inside their country, they behave like dictators. That, that's the way all these petty dictators are. They're terrible with their own people, but then outside they're trying to have all these nice relationships because they're worried about getting overthrown and things like that. So that's the way a tyrant is inside the house. So that musabra is first with your family and then with your uh, relatives, aqarib, dealing with the fact that you're going to have difficulties with your family. And then with uh, your jiran, your neighbors. And again, it extends out further and further. So that's one level of musabara. Then there's also the musabara of dealing with the ibadah, 
mu'amalat related to other people. So when you transact with people, there's a knowledge that when you go into the marketplace, you need to have patience. If you don't have patience, you're going to end up doing things that you regret. So being patient with other people in that, sabiru with other people in those things. Now all of musabara deals with things that we don't like, makarih. And it comes from the bad akhlaq of other people, the bad character that they show you, their treachery, all of these things. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about this, He says, Wan ta'afu aqrabu taqwa that you should forgive and condone and pardon is closer to taqwa. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wa a'rid anil jahideen, turn away from ignorant people. Be patient about what they say. And leave them in a good way. Not in a way that cuts it off. In a good way. And if you look at the seerah of the Prophet nobody in history that I know of, nobody had other than prophets, but the Prophet the way he dealt with people was always with musabara. You'll never find him losing his temper. You'll never find him taking revenge, even the woman that poisoned him, he didn't take revenge from her. I mean, he's, he was always forgiving. And that's what he taught. Because the Quran says, Those who listen to what's being said from the Quran, and they follow the best of it. Because the Quran has hasan and ahsan. It has good and it has better. The good is that you follow the hudud of Allah. And, and so... The good of the Qur'an is when Allah subhanahu ta'ala tells you uh, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But immediately after that, what does he say? But to forgive is better. So that's the best. So Allah gives you the, the, the permission to take your haq, but it's better to give up your haq. And the best of people are the ones that follow the better way. The higher road. Both roads will get you to the same goal, which is the pleasure of Allah. But one gets you there much quicker. And one gets you to a higher station when you arrive because it's a higher road. So this idea of, of musabara is the idea of really bearing the difficulties of the world. And also this relates, this a sub, part of sabr, and I didn't go into this, but part of sabr is the patience with calamities and difficulties. So that's part of sabr between you and your own soul is dealing with calamity. This one has to do with calamities with others, that you, you patient and bear that uh, and do that. F- and from this also is ithar, they prefer others to themselves even if they had need. So this is also musabara, which is where you actually prefer others to your own needs. All right? And the ansar were the epitome of that because Allah mentions them. They love those who make, migrate to them. They preferred them over their own souls. They were willing to give what they had to them. That's another aspect of uh, musabara. And then also Amr bin Ma'ruf and Nahi an al-Munkar because if you command good and forbid evil, difficult things happen to you. So being patient, musabara with that. You know, Allah command, Luqman says, Amr bin Ma'ruf and Nahi al-Munkar that to command to good and to forbid evil. And then he says to his son, and be patient about what afflicts you from other people. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells that. So, ya yuhal ladhina amanu, sbiru wa sabiru wa And then there's a 
there's another aspect to this, which is there are three things that prevent you from doing this. The sabra and the musabra. Only three things. The first is your shahawat, passion. You see, sleep is a shahwa. So getting up for fajr, if you're so engaged in that shahwa of sleep, that shahwa will override. Do you see? So that's a shahwa. Zina is from the shahwa of, of sexual pleasure. So if somebody allows that, that to overcome them, they'll actually go and do a haram. Right? And then, so those are patient. Also patience. So patience with ibadah and patience in doing worship of Allah and patience in not doing wrongs. That's related to the shahwa, the sabr al-nafs. has to do with shahwa. Right? And then the, the next thing that will prevent this is, and Allah says, وَمَنْ نَهَا نَفْسَ عَنْ The one who prevents his soul from its desire. فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَى They get paradise. That's their uh, abode. So there's, that's the reason to do it. So you have that hawa. And then ghadab. The next one is ghadab. See, anger, which is a deep emotion. And Muslims, we really, I think this is one of our biggest because we have reason to be angry. Muslims have reason to be angry. Anyone that says Muslims don't have a reason to be angry, we do. There's a lot of reasons for Muslims to be angry. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned us of anger. The Prophet said, when the man said, what should I do? He said, don't get angry. He said, give me advice. In other words, what kind of advice is that? Give me real advice. Don't get angry. Give me real advice. Three times. Don't get angry because anger and differentiating between uh, indignation, which is anger for the sake of Allah, and wrath, which is anger for the self, right? Our anger tends to be wrath. It's for ourselves. It's not for Allah. I mean, we would like to delude ourselves that it's for Allah. The Prophet ﷺ had indignation. He did not have wrath. He, he was upset about wrongs. And there are things to get upset about out there, but how you go about that? In, in order to change them. If you allow your anger to overcome you, your wrath to overcome you, two things happen. One, you'll consume yourself uh, in that anger and become worse than the thing that you're angry at. And a, and a good example of that is, is, is Muslims that begin to use violence against those who are violent to them in ways that are unacceptable. I mean, defense is one thing, but killing innocent people, things like that, that comes out of wrath. That is wrath. Because the end uh, is justified, the means is justified by the end, which is not our philosophy. It's, it's an alien philosophy. So this idea of rabitu is to be vigilant about shahwa, about ghadab. And the third one is hirs, which is its covetousness. You cannot prefer others if you're holding on to what you have. You can't give sadaqah if you have this covetousness. Now, each one of these relate to a center in the human being, which is the center we've been commanded to control. The first is the quwa shahwaniya, which is the compusentant soul, the, the soul that's related to shahwa. And the second is the quwa al-ghadabiyya, which is the irascible soul. And the third is the quwa al-aqliya, which is the rational soul. In the first soul we're commanded to guard against that. The second soul, the emotions. And then the third soul is understanding things as they are. And hirus, covetousness, comes from a misunderstanding of the nature of the world. 
you want to hold on to things because one, you think that it's permanent and it's not. And two, because you don't realize by letting go, uh, you open up for a flow to receive more. You see, if, you, if you're holding on to something and not letting go. And then finally, after Allah says, In other words, why are you doing all this? Why are you doing all this? Why are you doing this sabr, musabra, and murabata? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do it for the sake of God. Don't do it for any other reason. Wattaqullah. And there's two reasons to do that. Wattaqullah. Guard yourself from incurring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's displeasure. And then, la'allakum tufihun. That in order that you might have success. So the success is the akhirah, the jannah, the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all those verses, that's one ayah of the Quran. Right? Ali Imran. And that's extraordinary because the entire surah is summed up. If you read the surah, it's all summed up in that final ayah.